Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Sammy SLB. Alongside me today is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, Vince McMahon's voice of reason, the Nostradamus of professional wrestling, Scott. We are coming to you from above the ring strip at Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, covering all things AEW to WWE worldwide. Monday morning, Turner time. Scott, how are we doing today? Oh, Sam, we're doing well. Uh, another eventful week of wrestling. We got some pay-per-views to talk about. We got some contract information. It's it's yeah, it's gonna be a good show. It is gonna be a good show. We got some uh, some uh, as you said before we recorded some of the worst best kept secrets uh, to discuss. <laughs> uh, but guys, if you don't already do so, please make sure you listen to Scott on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, respectively, for his Raw Review, NXT Narrative, and SmackDown study. <sighs> We're gonna get right into our monthly calendar as we chug along here. April 29th, we have Stardom Cinderella Tournament 2022. Uh, on the 30th, we have Triple Mania 30 Monterey and MWA Power Trip 2. <laughs> on the 1st of May, we have PWG's Delivering the Goods and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestling Dantaka. Um, on the 3rd, we have NXT's Spring Break-In, which is yes. new to me. That's, yeah, that's uh, a brand new pay-per-view. Or not pay-per-view, but premium live event. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> May 5th, we have Stardom's Golden Week Fight Tour. On the 7th, we have Impact's Under Siege. On the 8th, we have WWE's WrestleMania Backlash in Providence, Rhode Island. The 13th, MLW's King of Coliseum. On the 14th, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Capital Collision in D.C. And on the 29th, Scott, to round up the month. You boys, AEW's Double or Nothing in Nevada over in Vegas. We want to get together with some of you guys. We want to give you some details as we get closer yep. on a gathering. Small gathering, not going to be anything massive, just to kind of meet, chat, talk wrestling. Have a good time. Have a good time. I can't believe we're already this close. I feel like yesterday we were just talking about revolution. I know, right? <laughs> and now it's just like a little <laughs> over a month, and we're going, to be into, we're going to be flying into Vegas and be like, holy shit, let's go. We, this is the thing I think we talk about every time we do an AEW pay-per-view. The fact that they have them quarterly. Yeah. It's just like, it's enough space where you're like, oh man, I can't wait for the next one. Then you're like, oh, you shit the next one rather than not to, again, shit talk, but WWE is like, okay, we just finished up this month's pay-per-view. We're going to get ready for next month's pay-per-view in the yep. next four weeks. You're like, yep. why you do this? Yep. But we're going to kick off with some interesting news. Uh, Killer Cross and Scarlett, who I thought were actually married already, <coughs> ended up eloping to Alaska and getting married on a glacier. Right? That's boss shit right there. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I mean, thinking of who Killer Cross is, it actually fits his character. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, congratulations to both of them. It's, you know, some of the photos I've seen, some of the videos I've seen. Wow. Just, just a cool, interesting, um, very different. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I mean, if it, like you said, it fits them perfectly, you know, character or real life. It's just, yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I thought that was really cool to see. I mean, imagine him on TV, him selling that, being like, "You realize I took my wife onto a glacier and we got married, You're right?" Like, <laughs> now, it doesn't look like. I mean, it looks like a glacier. You know, it looks like just Alaska. You know, there's trees and whatnot. When I think glacier, I'm thinking like just a fucking big piece of ice floating in the water, right? <laughs> Which is not the case. But <laughs> well, I mean, at least at least you're not 
you're not old enough to understand. Like when you say the word Glacier, the first thing that pops in my mind is that old wrestler from WCW because yep. that's how old I am. <laughs> yeah, they got married in Glacier. That's kind of weird, huh? Right? I mean, at least he made it snow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> of course, wow. I say that as Sam's trying to drink. So, whoops. Is it really whoops, though? Is it really whoops? That was good timing, my Not friend. Not trying to kill you, man. <laughs> so a couple interesting contract uh, inform- um, things. One, I think, I don't know if we talked about this last week or maybe we were texting about it. Kushida. Yes. Has contract has lapsed and he's leaving WWE, which is upset. Well, it's bittersweet, as we know, with people leaving WWE. Kushida, who he's not a nobody. You know, he's a seven-time IWGP junior heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, just squandered the last few appearances. Yeah, I mean, his whole thing with Ikaminjiro, the whole jacket time thing. I mean, I get it. It's it was it was cute for like a minute, and then yeah, then it just turned into a stereotypical Asian team, and it just yeah. Uh, it just continues the trend of WWE not knowing what to do with their Asian superstars. It's just, it's it's rather upsetting that they don't have a goddamn clue what to do with them. Um, it's not even, and again, we can break it down. It's not even just, it's not WWE. NXT, they ha- there's, you know, Io Shirai is incredible. Asuka had an incredible run. Shinsuke Nakamura had an incredible run. It's whoever's writing on the main roster, whether it be Bruce Pitchard or whether it be Vince McMahon, for some reason, they just drop the ball. Right. I mean, that's what I meant. Like, uh, uh, yeah, if you look at back at NXT, they've done masterful jobs with them. But yeah, the moment they move up to the main roster, it's like, well, sorry. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Um, this, I believe, would be maybe one of maybe two major drops that NXT has done because I would, the first one that's a glaring one is Kenta. Oh, and it yeah. was Adeo Hitami. I mean, yes, I know he was he was injured for the majority of his run, but when he wasn't and he was going, they didn't do shit with him. And it's and it's it's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see Kushida making noise wherever he goes. Um, he can go back to Japan and continue to to just dominate, or he could show up at Impact. You know, everybody's like, Oh, go to AEW. AEW <laughs> uh, is good enough people right now, they got too much as it is as well. So let's find places for this man to go and dominate. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but it sounds like going off of that, New Japan's already expect him to come back at some point. Um, reading the article from Cultaholic, um, New Japan is expected. Oh, actually, it's from Meltzer. So going back to, no. <laughs> you know, Meltzer's knowledge. New Japan has expected him back for some time since everyone could see very early in the run that he basically wasted three years of his prime doing almost nothing. At the time he left, he wanted to try WWE while it's still in his prime and he wasn't a New Japan Dojo guy, so he didn't have the company loyalty that a lot of the talent there has. So, fair. I mean, everyone wants to try their run. Maybe somebody will break out. That's what they're hoping, and I get it. Yeah. But <clears throat> it goes back to New Japan. I mean, the junior heavyweight division, they're going to have a... Quite a quite a monster on their hands. Yep. So it's interesting we're talking about this. Um, in the side of the article, I have Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii set for New Japan's uh, Capital Collision. 
that we were just talking about. I saw that too. Oh man. Hmm. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll talk about Ishii also a little bit later too, but my God, that's going to be, that's going to be a hard hitting contest. <laughs> oh, geez. Yes. <clears throat> Scott, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Um, with this other recent announcement or a rumor, you know, WWE wanting to sign some former talent back. Being FTR. Oh, <laughs> my brain went completely dead for a second. I was like, what? What are you talking about? I know yeah. they've been so dominant in AEW. You're just like, oh, yeah, they were WWE guys, huh? That's true. You, f- you forget um, because it's day and night between that and, you know, potentially coming out as clowns. Um, but you know, that's, that's the big rumor right now, uh, that, uh, WWE is interested once again in bringing back FTR and as a, as the WWE guy here, I mean, I would love that, but as an actual fan, I hate it. I don't want it to happen because WWE is notorious for not knowing what to do with tag teams and FTR right now is at the best that they've ever been. And I want them to stay far away and continue to be as dominant as they are. <laughs> just, just straight honesty right there. Uh, I'd love to be able to see them on television again. I would love to be able to hear that theme song one more time, but nope. Stay away. Stay far, far away. Agreed. Agreed. Um I think they're just doing fine. I mean, there's still so many. I mean, they have the Ring of Honor belts. They have the AAA belts. We haven't even seen them in New Japan yet. New Japan has an incredible tag team division. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those guys. Oh, my God. I just. Oh, the matches they'd be able to put on, especially in the Tokyo Dome, would just be insane. You know, we got that. We haven't even seen them wrestle the Impact Tag Division. That's another division that's pretty good. Right. Um, all Japan, GCW, we could go on and on and on. There's so much these guys. They are, I would argue, the top guys in the division. I mean, that's it makes sense because that's been their nickname forever. <laughs> but so, I feel like these guys need to do what Legion of Doom did or, you know, oh, what the fuck? Came in, the Road Warriors did where they pretty much dominated everything everywhere. before they went to WWE. Yeah. So if they wanted to go back, I, my personal opinion would be you run the tag team divisions of the world ragged before you make that call. Yeah. I mean, especially, <clears throat> I mean, I guess I'm going to say War Machine. I think War Machine did that prior, but now we're kind of like, uh, I forget they're even wrestlers at this point. Yeah. It's unfortunate. They, they It's weird with the Viking Raiders. They, 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 <laughs> they pop up. They have an angle, normally for a title, and then they lose that title match, and then they disappear for, like, six months. And then they'll randomly show up for a vignette and then disappear again. And then come back, have another title, you know, aspirations, and then disappear. It's just like, yeah. Something needs to change desperately when it comes to tag team wrestling in WWE. It just it's it's makes me so sad as a fan. Especially since there was that whole year, and I know we talk about having repeat matches, <clears throat> but there was like a whole, I don't know, year, six months, where they had, it was the Usos and the New Day. Right. 
And even though we saw them like almost every pay-per-view, those matches were usually the best match on the pay-per-view. Yeah. They, they were amazing matches in spite of management. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I seriously. I mean, again, two. I would, I would even argue if I was to make a top 10 tag teams right now, New Day and Usos are definitely in my top 10 that currently are active. Um, that being said, there was something else we were just talking about, about Bret Hart and his Legends contract that is rumored mm-hmm. at the moment. Apparently, yeah, the big rumor is that Bret Hart is unable to appear on any AEW television due to uh, a, clause, a clause in his contract that he signed with WWE, um, apparently stating that he's uh, not allowed to show up on television. Again, that's just a rumor. Uh don't know how much merit has it has, but you know it, it's it's interesting because they kind of tiptoe around mentioning his name. Um, we've seen constantly re, uh, recently with CM Punk the way he's wrestled. Uh, he's been doing pretty much the exact same things as Brett has done in matches. Um, there's been videos that that have come out afterwards to show that. Um, obviously, them wearing the pink and black. Uh, it's just they want him to be there. And yet, so far, Brett hasn't shown up. You'd think by now he would have. So that's why it only, you know, that's what keeps fueling the rumors that he's just not allowed to show up due to his Legends contract. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how much how much stock you want to put into it, but the coincidences are there. I mean, it, you know, it, it could make sense. No, it could. It could. Um, <clears throat> Brett is one that's always. He's like Sting to me. Sting has never been a WWE guy, but he never, I mean, he never signed a legend. He's never, I don't care what anyone says. He's never been a WWE guy. He, I don't think he has had a legends contract. He was just like, yeah, Sting is, you know, the legend, a legend in the business. Um, and I would never, never see him, even if AEW folded to sign a legends contract. But Hart, despite, making amends with the company. If I was him, there's there would be a bit of me that would be very sour with the constant reminder of the screw job in placement inside of storylines. True. You know, <clears throat> you know, I I think that's something that's always bothered me. It's kind of like when they, you know, would use Jeff Hardy's alcoholism as a story. You know, somebody's trying to get sober. It's like, oh, we're gonna this is a good story. We're going to pretend you're an alcoholic on TV. And it's like, dude, that's kind of personal. Yeah. Like, and <clears throat> I'm surprised Brett, maybe the money, maybe it's, I mean, he did leave WWE for WCW because the money was better. And maybe that's why, but I don't know. I don't know. You, you would think he wouldn't, especially with the Owen Hart tournament going on right now. Right. I mean, this just, this just screams, you know, when the finals happen, I believe at double or nothing, Bret Hart to show up. And I mean, if he does, Sam, you know, the two of us are going to literally explode. It's going to happen. Yeah. Just, just puff. Yeah. Just, just yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is not the one that I'm going to burn my house down. And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I got you back. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we had a couple of events going on this weekend. Um, I'm going to go through them right now. GCW had the old me happen. Um, what a card this was. There's some. There's a match on here that I, just, I read it and I'm like, what? And I think you'll know where I'm going. You know, when you hear this, you might say the same thing. Um, Tony Deppen won a scramble match via pinfall. Alex Shelley defeated Nick Wayne via pinfall. Chris Dickinson defeated ACH via submission. Um, Bussy via pinfall retains the GCW tag team belts. Joey Janela defeated Bandito via pinfall. And the main, well, not the main event, but the match prior to the main event. Uh, Minoru Suzuki defeating two cold Scorpio. Wow. Via pinfall. We go know, back right? in time. We go back in time. Um, I love the t- the name of these titles too. I don't even know half these titles. John Wayne Murdoch defeated and retained the GCW Ultraviolet Championship in an Ultraviolet Championship death match against Hoodfoot. Um, Alice Colon uh, defeated Jimmy Lloyd via pinfall to retain the TNT Extreme Championship. And that was a death match. Well, that is GCW. So, and then there was a draw between the Briscoes and the second gear, gear crew of Man- Mance Warner and Matthew Justice in a high incident match. I don't even know. Like <laughs> the GCW is definitely that like promotion. Every time I see this stuff, I'm like, I need to get my like hands dirty at some point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. For Rebellion, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Ring of Honor title may have been on the line, or at least Jonathan Grisham was wrestling. And I think he got pulled because of his uh, recent injury on um, Dynamite or Rampage. Oh, that's unfortunate. You see, yeah, on April 23rd, it was announced Grisham was removed from the match due to injury. So I'm going to go through this quickly. Uh, Pre show, Eddie Edwards defeated Chris Bay, which was the match he was supposed to be in. The Influence defeated the Inspiration to retain the Impact Knockouts tag titles. Steve Macklin defeated Chris Saban and Jay White via pinfall. Taya Valkyrie defeated Deanna Perrazzo to win the AAA women's title. First match back. <coughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's big. That's big. Ace Austin defeated Trey Miguel and Speedball Mike Bailey for the X Division title. Three times. Three times. They need to have him hold that belt a lot longer. Ace Austin as a heel, like he—he's somebody who needs to just hold that title a little longer. Yep. Kind we, of all, we, he did. we know how good he is. We we watched him in in Chaotic Wrestling when we went down to that one show. It was he was great. He was he was great when we saw him. We we even t- we even saw him in line too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shake his hand. Yep. She got a photo with him. I know. I know. Um. Tomohiro Ishii defeated Jonah. That sounds like a banger. Huh? Right? God. Um, Violent by Design defeating, well, retain the Impact titles, tag titles, and the eight-man elimination challenge. Good. With the other tag teams being Heath and Rhino, Honor No More, the Good Brothers, Rick Swan and Willie Mack, Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice, the major players of Brian Myers and Matt Cardona, and Jordan Grace and William W. Morrissey. Mm. I love how Jordan Grace, she just like 
Like you look at these anywhere. like men's matches and it's like, oh, Jordan Grace, like. Yep. Yep. You know who she would be great against for like a title? Not a woman's title, but like a title title. Who? Um, Davian. Ooh. Well, I mean, they've, 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 they've definitely fought before. They have. Um, they have. Oh, yes, definitely. I've, um, oh, was it one of the, uh, I believe it was either WWR or Beyond Wrestling. Uh, they fought one another in Worcester. And I was, yeah, those, those two, those two have a lot of, lot of history. So David needs to get signed by somebody. You put, if you put her in impact, you watch some bangers happen on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, finally, rightfully so, after his screw job last year, Josh Alexander defeated Moose to become the world champion. Incredible. Yeah. So glad. I granted, I thought how Moose took the title from him was mm. perfect. Yeah. It was super heel move. Gave Moose his run, but Josh Alexander. He's got he's gotta be the face of impact right now. Yep. Yep. Um, there was also, I don't know if you saw this, uh a, a very cryptic video that appeared uh during rebellion teasing someone's return, I'm assuming. And they showed pictures of particular wrestlers like kind of being like not faded out, but kind of like like somebody would pour acid on a photo and it's just like kind of bubbling away. Um, so very, very interesting. Apparently, uh, they had some binary code running around. So I'm like, oh, let's let's use my ASCII knowledge and write all this out. The word that came out was Sammy. So breathe. Right. So who do we know in Impact Wrestling that has the name Sammy? So yeah, you never know. The man's coming. Oh man, like one of the best entrances I think in professional wrestling. Yep. So we'll He's see. Some, oh man, he. That just makes me want to get back. Oh, I just loved him and him. Like he's, his character's great. <laughs> this is this is what I do, Sam. I hype up the impact train for you. <laughs> yeah. I keep missing it though. Show up at the, the station too late. <laughs> But last but not least, they announced um, June 19th, Slammiversary. The show will be held in Nashville 20 years to the day of the first NWA TNA show. Nice. Nice. So, Unfortunately, they won't have the, the normal massive WWE releases to type up this year. So let's see what they come up with. I've been looking forward to those every single year, but... Uh, this year it's just going to be a normal, a normal hype. So should be interesting. Yeah, and it, you know what they they do a great job with. Um, they did a great job with taking that talent in. They did so good. Yep, so good. But we had quite a week mm. in AEW. Yes. Um. Let's just get right into it. Um, Dustin Rhodes taking on CM Punk for very first time. You know, had this been WWE, this would have been a squash match between CM Punk and Goldust. Probably. <laughs> this was a good match. I will say, like you said, this match ran, felt like it ran a little longer than it should have. Yeah. Dustin ran, looked a little slower, but I don't think it, you know, 
It wasn't a bad match by any means. No, not at all. Apparently, somebody gave it a four. Oh, I actually might have been Meltzer. Even before star. I'm like, maybe I was just having a bad night because to me, that didn't look like a four star match. But again, she probably just had a bad day. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like the match just seemed weird. It looked like Dustin got legitimately hurt like a few minutes in. Um, but with that match, uh, like I mentioned before, with the whole Bret Hart thing, CM Punk did a lot of moves that Bret used to do. Um, I don't know who's been putting them up on Twitter, but God bless you for doing this, uh, showing the differences between or not differences, the similarities between the stuff that Punk was doing and the stuff that um, Bret Hart was doing in his match. And it's 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 nice to see the homage continuing to happen. Yeah. No. Um... It was cool. It was it was cool. I mean, the match was great. The homage was great. Uh, it's just cool to see stuff like this finally happen without being like, I, look, this is all. We just have to have this happen once. We've seen right. it. It's awesome. It's happened. We all have a good time and we move on. Right. Um, following that, we had the Blackpool Combat Club take on Brock Anderson, Lee Moriarty, and Dante Martin. Um. I might have missed this match even being booked when I was looking at the card. I don't well, think they booked it beforehand because I, I was the same way. I was like, wait, they didn't talk about this at all. But that, I mean, kind of makes sense. It's nice to see Brock Anderson on TV again and in Arn because since Cody left, they're like, the fuck do we do now? Yeah. So, yeah. hey, um, I guess the Nightmare family is still going. Another, it was a good match. Uh, obviously, black the Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, you're not gonna have them take a loss anytime soon. So, no, especially Wheeler Yuta right now. Wheeler Yuta, and you can already tell just by being with them, he's already like his game is like, oh yeah. yeah. Um, but don't let that hide the fact that on the other end we had, you know, our boy Dante, who. Looks incredible. Yeah. Wheelie Yuta and Dante Martin. I would take that match. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you put a TNT title on one of them and let them have a best of five series. Go ahead. Go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Up next was the major announcement from mm-hmm. Tony. I didn't realize it was this early in the show. Tony comes out. Again, I like to be skeptic. I like to avoid the rumors. <laughs> CM Punk is the one where it's like, okay, well, you know what? Until I, I'm playing Downing Thomas here, yep. you know, until he walks out of that building, I needed to, you know, I was not going to believe CM Punk was signing. Right. We all heard the rumors. <laughs> But the moment Tony Khan said, here's the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling, I think that was it. <laughs> Everyone knew. Yep. Um, and, of course, we get Adam Cole to interrupt both of them, announcing on June 26th, AEW, New Japan, Chicago, forbidding door. Yep. The reason I had my doubts, obviously, when AEW had started – I don't know if the Bucks or the the elite had like left the sour taste in New Japan's mouth at that point with management. And they're like, yeah, we don't plan on working with them anytime soon. 
but here, here we, we are. are. Yep. This is equivalent. This is big. Yeah. And I know Impact did a thing with New Japan for a while, but AEW is miles above right now with where they where they lay in the world of the TV spotlight, if you will. Right. You know, this is huge for AEW. This is huge for New Japan because New Japan has been trying to break into the U.S. market for a while. Yep. Um, and of course, with Adam Cole making the announcement, he had his buddy, Jay White. Switchblade returns. This is this is all... We're going to double or nothing, and I'm super excited about it. Yep. But as of this moment, Forbidden Door has now become probably the most anticipated show of the year now. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, it, yeah, it, the, the possibilities are endless. The, the, the numerous storylines that now can come out of this, we may actually hear the coin drop. It's just, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I just. <sighs> Who's gonna show up? Right. You cannot do. And again, who did I say this to? Because I saw rumors that Okada would not be at the show, that he's not going to be booked for the show. But I said he doesn't have to wrestle. Just he can show, show up. up. Yeah. You cannot pull an invasion angle here. Granted, even their lower card talent is top notch. But if you're going to promise Okada, Naito, Tomohiro Ishii, Evil or Sonata, uh, Minoru Suzuki, Bushi, you know, anyone from the Bullet Club, anyone from Chaos, anyone from Suzuki Goon, you know, you can't. You can't like leave those major players out, and even if it's like a new Japan card where they do a lot of multi man tag matches, I'm cool with that. Yeah, they're making an appearance in an American market on a pay per view that's a big deal. You know, I'm (sighs) this to me. I have a feeling this is not going to be the first and only show. I hope not. I agree with you. I, I hope that this is just the first of many, um, especially if they're going to have some type of actual deal and you'll have wrestlers going back and forth. And that's another thing. Imagine AEW pay-per-view over in Japan. Now you get to bring those guys over to Japan. Right. Because that's a market that they're about to break into. I mean, they're about to, they just signed with New Japan World to get AEW on TV over there. I did not know that. That's awesome. Did we not talk about that? No. Did we miss that one? Yeah. yeah. Dynamite and Rampage will be will air on New Japan World. Very Where is it? Well, let me let me find the article. I will while we're talking about it. No, that's 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 a huge thing. Because that um, opens up, yeah, that opens up their market to to everybody who watches that and oh wow. Hmm. Uh where is it? MJF not interested in dream matches for AW New Japan. For I saw more. that. 
<laughs> yes, MJF's like, it's not going to happen. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, see, again, he like you talked about wrestlers who don't necessarily have to wrestle. MJF doesn't have to wrestle. He just has to come out and make fun of somebody from New Japan. And then that could start a whole thing. Imagine him going with the old school route of, you know, you don't speak English kind of deal. God. Oh, In today's world. MJF would be the only one that probably could pull that off and not get murdered. I think it would work. You can't, you can't just do that anymore. You need to have the right heel. Yeah, and MJF is that right heel. Yeah, I found the article. You're going to have to look at this. This is interesting. If they're about to blow up into the smart, like, sure, I don't even look at the ratings anymore. I've seen a lot of people still squander about the ratings, this and that. Oh, yeah, this. I'm like, even though they're not breaking 2 million, you know, they're, they're, they're at a million. TV isn't the same like it was years ago. Right. You know, wrestling isn't as popular as it was. Granted, I had this conversation with somebody where um, John, John Lipinski, we were mm-hmm. talking about how our buddy Rob, he's not an AEW fan. I mean, he's not a WWE guy. He just will not watch it. And I'm like, I under, I go, fair, you know, but he's one of the few, I can't say few. He's one of the many people I know who are back into wrestling because of AEW. Yeah. If AEW goes away, he's not going to WWE to watch wrestling. Right. You, you know, I know so many people who've come back because of AEW. So I think you have that market, and I don't think they're, they're going to go anywhere. But, like, with them going into Japan, I think that'll help their market share so much. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and especially with him, you know, he knows I rave about New Japan. Mm. He knows I rave about it. So... He's super, super. Uh, um, I just, I'm, I can't, I can't explain. I mean, you know, you know, yeah. I've been. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, New, J- New Japan and the elite are the reasons why I'm, you know, I'm as diehard as I am. Right. So for me, this is, I mean, you. Y- it's funny. I talk to my family about this and they're like, oh, that's cool. My girlfriend's super supportive. She's just like, every time I sent this to her, I'm like, this is why I'm so like, this is, this is exciting. <laughs> and she goes, I, she goes, I love how you're so passionate about this and how much this means to you. I'm like this, uh, you know, it'd be cool now. I'm going to throw this idea out there. And I hope somebody over there in AEW, New Japan's listening because New Japan is a, is pretty much a men's, only company yep. that they put together a show with stardom next mm. well i mean didn't they have didn't they have stardom during some of wrestle kingdom very early on like in the, the they'll show, they'll throw a match show? there and here and there yeah they'll throw a match but i know stardom like they have their own events like they're they're a right. pretty big deal over there yeah, yeah, yeah. so if we get imagine the ew wrestlers and I bet you half of them have already wrestled over in stardom. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about New Japan and, and stardom. No, AEW and stardom. All oh, that, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. You know, imagine Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, you know. I think she obviously she does probably wrestle over there. I'm not too familiar with what stardom has done and who their talent has been, but I'm not, just think about that. Now you can, you know, really incorporate the women. You know, I've been saying since they did that women's show, the women should almost get their own show at this point. Right. I'll give them even an hour. An hour would be plentiful. Yeah. You could throw on three, four, five matches 
and have some storyline to go with it. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely possible, and people would watch. People would watch. Yeah, uh, just the fact that Jay White's been around. You know, we've had you know Minoru Suzuki's been wrestling over here. You know, this is this is more real than. And again, like uh, when I came back from the Boston show in AEW, I met some. I ran into somebody that Rob and I we met at a concert in Baltimore years ago. <laughs> we bonded with we bonded over that band uh, the band that we saw but he got back into re- another one he was another guy who got back into wrestling because of AEW and we were talking like you know now he goes to the local shows again and now he's familiar with New Japan and you know we just you know there's all this other stuff you know it's it's kind of like being in the music scene or like he's you know he's a comedian you know you know being in that kind of scene and being able to be like okay yeah you got the you got the people up here and that's cool and that's great but there's still so much going on, you know, you got beyond, you got chaotic, you got, you know, top row, you got, all, oh, it's never ending. We could talk about this forever, Scott. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> but this is like, next to WWE, this is probably the most important forbidden door to officially be opened. Right. No, I, yeah, definitely. I mean, the first two January 4th shows at the Tokyo Dome, Back in 91, 92, 93, were New Japan WCW Super Shows. Yep. We might get AEW matches at the Tokyo Dome. Think about that. Think about that. Yep. That being said, we have what is probably the only official match that we have lined up for double or nothing. Um, or at least half of it. Warlow taking on the butcher. Mm. Solid hoss match as you'd expect. Oh yes. The degrading nature of MJF and Sean Spears on Warlow. It's just it's a good it's it's good booking. It's like you just there were definitely days you just like he the way he's getting degraded. He had to get handcuffed all the way to the ring. He right. No no music. Just yeah, literally walk down. The moment he gets to the ring, they, un- they un- uh, uncuff him. He wrestles. He beats uh, Butcher. They he walks out of the ring. They handcuff him. Off he goes. It's just like this is this is so good because you know and I know the moment these two actually square off, I honestly would I would really expect this to be a squash match. Like a five, 10 minute squash match, just Wardlow just beating the piss out of MJF. And I'd be happier than yeah. Yeah. It's it's gonna be so much fun to watch. And then you strap that that rocket on on Wardlow's back and off he goes. Give him that AEW contract and have him challenge the title. Yeah. Uh man. We have it. We have an interesting summer coming up after a double or nothing. Like this summer is going to be wild for yep. AEW. Yeah. Um, which I'm going to talk about actually. Interestingly enough, um, I was reading some updates on Kenny. Um, they were at somebody had asked, and again, you and I were already on board with the he's not 2023. Kenny comes back. Yeah. I'm set on that. Yeah. If he shows up at all out, I will be shocked. Full gear makes maybe a little more sense. Yeah. Winter is coming. Okay, we're end of the year, anyways. But I was reading he just had his um, surgery on his hernia, and I think a, something on his knee, I think, which both were like ten week recoveries. Oh wow! 
So I don't see him again. People were like, oh, maybe we'll see him at double or nothing. I don't think we're going to see him again. I'm let him rest. He knowing the shit that Kenny was going through during that last match. Take your year off, right? Take your fucking year off. You put on a banger in that much pain. I don't think quadless Vinge could do that. (laughs) Right. And it's funny that you mentioned that because during dynamite, there was a conversation. I believe it was dynamite with Adam Cole, um, red dragon and the bucks talking about how Adam Cole created the undisputed elite. And I'm just like, Oh, there's another seed planted because he mentioned that, you know, bucks, what happened? All of your friends are gone. And I'm just like, I'm telling you, we're going to get eventually Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega. And then we're going to get the elite versus the undisputed era. I don't care. I'm going to call them that because that's what they are. It's going to happen at some point. Holy shit. (laughs) This is that long-term booking we always talk about. Yes. And it works because Kenny cannot wrestle right now. Correct. That's like the... And Adam's doing it in such a way where he's not degrading Kenny. He's just taking over. It's a hostile takeover without it being super hostile. But once Kenny comes back... The Bucks are going to be like, I don't know who we're going to be with. Are we going to be with Kenny, who we helped start this company with, who we've been friends with forever? Or Adam, who's been treating us well since, you know, recovering and taking over the whole the whole thing. Like, what's going to happen? That's uh, the storylines. I love how they're just kind of percolating now. And they're just 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 simmering, just just seeing what's going to happen. And six months mm-hmm. from now, this could be a completely different. Eight months from now, 12, you know, a whole year from now, this could be a very interesting thing. So we'll see. And then throwing another layer with Jay White coming in, you are yes. going to have two members, the current, because to me, to me, obviously Okada is the face of New Japan. Mm. Okada is New Japan right now. But the leader of the Bullet Club is always going to be he doesn't have to have a title. He's always the number two. He is the face of the opposition. Right. You know, so now Kenny is also going to have to take out Jay White. Yep. The leader of the Bullet Club. Right. And on top of all that, keep in mind, you know, the Gorillas of Destiny. I mean, they've been kicked out of the Bullet Club, but they also are talking shit with the new, you know. With the Bucks. Um, the Bucks. So if the Bucks don't want to go back to Kenny... Kenny could easily pull in some other people. Yeah. Insert the grills of destiny. You know, that, or, you know, I've heard rumors about um, the good brothers, their contracts over an impact, you know, starting to get towards the, you know, end of that tenure. I believe, I believe it's during the summer. So they could come back, but, but they'd probably join Jay White. Who would Mm -hmm. be with Adam Cole. Oh my God. See, see, here we go. This is, this is what we do. We start pulling people in. Now, and I want to bring a hypothetical in now. I want to bring in a hypothetical. 
because he's been, again, he's somebody who's been up and down over in WWE. Imagine Finn Balor leaves or gets released. Imagine the level of importance now with former members of the Bullet Club fighting only for its founding member and leader, Prince Devitt, to show up. Oh, my God. It would be a bullet storm. I could, uh, I could see this happening and just have his New Japan music hit and the crowd stunned and not know what to do and then he walks out the gate and the place explodes and you see everybody fighting in the ring and they're, they're just completely shocked that he, oh my god. Um, now, I could, oh, I could see all this happening and it sounds incredible. And I throw his name in the hat because like I'm like sitting there and like Again, when he got signed, he was a big deal. And then he went to the main roster. He got injured after the Universal title match against Seth Rollins. And he's just kind of been up and down ever since. Then he went to NXT and he was like, again, on top of the card. And then he went yep. back. It was like, they didn't do anything with him. In the midst of all this, I would obviously love to see AJ Styles get, get involved. But he is so set in WWE right now. He is, he's where he should be. Yes. He, I do not see. He's a WWE guy for the rest of his career. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's already said that his last contract that he signs will be with them. And then after that, it's retirement and he's good to go. So um, there's so much at play here. There's so much at play. There's so much going on. And again, now with the forbidden door officially open, we're not talking about now we're bringing in members of Chaos, members of Suzuki Goon. Will Ospreay's the empire. Keep in mind, Will Ospreay wrestled John Moxley recently. Mm. Expect him to show up. He, mm, I, oh my God. We could we could stop talking about AEW and just talking New Japan and all the hypotheticals right now. I'm like, <laughs> but this that's is quickly turning into a hot takes video. <laughs> I'm like, just, I'm so letting it soak in, right? Because now, keep it in mind, we got a month between double or nothing in this, right? And that means we got two months till this as of now. Yep. <sighs> He's getting hot in here, Scott. Right. That being said, following that, actually, we did have an Owen Hart qualifier match. Jungle Boy taking on Kyle O'Reilly. We did. Where Kyle O'Reilly got the win here. I was a bit surprised. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly expected Jungle Boy to be in this tournament, but. I don't know if maybe they'll find a way to have, I don't know, all the losers of their qualifying match have some like last chance match or something. But I feel like having Joe Boy not in this tournament, so it kind of sucks, not going to lie. It, it does. But also, again, we're going to talk long-term story booking here. I look at Revolution, where Christian was a little aggressive with Jungle Boy. And handling things. Okay. All right. I know even, with this. even with him, I don't know if he knows at the end of this match, he looked, he didn't look concerned. He looked up, he looked disappointed. Yeah. Okay. He looked All right. Disappointed. I was going to bring this up, but I'm glad that you did first. Okay. All right. I see. I, we're on the same wavelength. I know where you're going. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised, maybe not double or nothing, because I don't see this being a storyline that you have time 
to get together between now and then. Uh, you got four weeks. Yeah, I mean, for AEW, that's a lot. You also have to remember there's dark and there's elevation that they could kind of sprinkle things in as well. And of course, we'll we'll miss that, but they'll probably talk about it during the show. I mean, there's definitely a possibility he could cause them to lose the tag titles at double, at or, double nothing. or nothing. Yes, I was thinking that, and thinking See? that, and then you set the. Now think about it. Now, you know, for one reason or another, maybe. I don't see him going after Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus is, I think him and Jungle Boy is the match we need. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's the match where you can definitely get the rub off of Christian. Um, but yeah, I think so. I, I, I like that we're both on the same page about this. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, depending on who whoever the tag team will be, the challenges um, Jurassic Express, but we see it. We see it. And and yeah, that should be a lot of fun. It should be. It should be. But let's talk about the next bit. Well, Hook went in there. First AEW Dynamite match. Got a victory over Anthony Henry. And of course, Danhausen comes out and challenges Hook to a match, which Hook just walks away, doesn't say anything. Now we've already had this discussion, you and I. I want this this match with the timing in the announcement. This is probably going to be on the double or nothing card. Yep. We're going to see Dan Housen in his first match in AEW. Yep. And I'm here for it. I know. <laughs> Especially against Hook. So keep in mind, the way they've built up Hook. Mm-hmm. He's a monster. But also Dan Housen, yes, he's a couple. I'm looking at this as a mirror image of orange Cassidy. Yes. Where they were like, Oh yeah. You know, Pac, you know, you know, Pac's just going to kick his ass, you know, orange Cassidy can't wrestle. And then that match happened. And even Jim Ross was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Hook. And again, I haven't watched a lot of Dan Housen, but I'm convinced Dan Housen's going to go out there and put on a banger. Yep. That he's not just, this is the thing that I think, AEW's done really well. We got com- comical characters, but they wrestle. They can wrestle. Yep. Orange Cassidy, we don't get to see him wrestle as often as we want, sure. but we know that's like pulling out the big gun. Yeah. And and I'm, you know what? I'll, I'll do it. I will pick Danhausen to defeat Hook at double or nothing. Ooh. The champ makes his first pick four weeks early, but I will make that pick. I will go out on a limb and I will say Dan Housen will defeat Hook because he's trying everything possible to get Hook, you know, to to break and nothing's worked. Well, one thing has worked, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I feel like he's going to find a way to crack him. This might be. And I know the cornets of the world would think this is stupid putting oh, a hook course. with a comedy character. <clears throat> Danhausen is great on the mic. Yes. Now imagine Hook doesn't talk. He just keeps his silent character. And now Danhausen, they're like partners, but he's also kind of like his manager. Right. You know, yeah, he has his father and whatnot, but this allows him to step away from 
Team Taz. Right. And, See, and that also then now gives you him versus everybody in Team Taz. Imagine this is his way of getting the FTW title. Correct. And then separating himself from Team Taz and Dan Housen turns into his manager or his tag team partner at, at certain times. I'm telling you, this just, um, I'm excited. I, the possibilities, I'm, the possibilities here. We need, it, we need to do a show where you and I just book. We make a card and we book it. Fantasy booking, yep. Bedlam style. So up next, we had a the return of the doctor, mm. Britt Baker, DMD, taking on Daniel Camella in but qualifying. This also, yeah, this was also an Owen Hart qualifying match. Which he ended up qualifying for. Yep. Um, the one thing I'm... So the men's side, we've had some upsets and yep. some you know things. The women's side... It... The biggest concern with this is so far, there haven't been any upsets. It's been people like, oh, yeah, they wrestle in dark or elevation, and then, oh, yeah, they're not going to go in. Right. I'm looking for the upset. I need right. somebody who's not going to show up in this tournament that you'd expect to. Right. I need somebody. <clears throat> it also makes you wonder how many people are actually going to be in this tournament, too, because it seems like there's probably going to be an eight-person tournament. That's it. And I'm, I'm sad about this. Let's this should be because i believe the men only have like seven or eight qualified and the women i think have like four maybe so the qualifiers so this is interesting if we look at the actual tournament i almost did the work things like let me share my screen with you i'm not going to do that so actually the women have had one two three four five six qualifying matches qualifying six women okay and they only have Two more matches to qualify two more women. Okay. So we have Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida taking on Ralph Velvet, Ruby Soho, and Dr. Britt Baker. Yeah. The men's side, we've only had three qualifying matches. I mean, okay. So then I switched them then. Okay. Because I thought the men, for some reason, had more qualifiers. But no. That's I mean, what I thought. Yeah. All right. So it looks like it's probably, probably going to be an eight-person tournament. Because we got next week's Blockbuster FTR match that they're fighting one another. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, yeah. So this is the thing. So we've had Max Caster lose to Samoa Joe, Kyler Riley defeat Jungle Boy. So Samoa Joe and Kyler Riley. Adam Cole is wrestling the winner of Dax and Cash. Oh my God. It needs to be. I'm sorry. I love Cash, but Dax needs to win this match. Yeah. And keep in mind, we still have four more qualifying matches to do here. True. The quarterfinals, which are four matches, the semifinals, all before May 29th. Right. The women I see it happen in a timely manner at this point. Yeah. The men, I'm kind of like, how are we going to do this? Yeah. Because, yeah, you only have three people in, fourth one next week, and then they have four more qualifiers. Then, yeah, like you said, oh, geez, yeah. Like, what is this week's card looking like? Do we have have that some of it um i know wardlow's taking on uh lance archer that should be another ridiculous banger uh the qualifying match for ftr trying to think what else um uh shida versus um 
Serena in a Philly street fight. Correct. Yep. That's the finally ending that feud after God knows how many months that thing's been going on. The ladder match for the TNT title. Correct. Yeah. That ladder match obviously has turned into AEW's like premier match because we see them all the time now, but it's, it's fine because they're always ridiculously good. Yeah, no, they are. They are. Um, Undisputed elite taking on Dante Montem varsity blondes, Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson. Owen Hart qualifier for the street fight. So yeah, we got one. We don't even have a woman's match for that. What's what's rampage? Oh, they probably want to know it's rampage told. So you get very little time. And actually now I think about the women, they only do like one match. Yeah. They, I'm curious how they're going to get this all done by the 29th. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they'll find a way. They might just have a whole show that's devoted to Owen Hart qualifiers or semifinals or quarterfinals. And... They do have 12 shows left between Dynamite and oh, Rampage. Yeah, they got plenty of time then. Okay, yeah. Yeah, plenty yeah that'd time. be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. So the men's ones are going to be difficult. Uh, 13, 14, 15. The men's going to be difficult because you have 15 matches before then. True. So... That being said, the main event, actually, yeah, the main event, coffin match. Again, another match we talk about that's become a signature. Mm. What is this? Darby Allen's like third or fourth coffin match? That's been that many? He's only defeated in them, I believe. Let's see. Darby Allen coffin match. Because I remember him doing one with Ethan Page. I swear he's done one on pay-per-view. Yeah. Was there was all, there was the one where he did the coffin drop through the coffin. That was the one with Ethan. That was with Ethan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But um in this match, um, can we talk about how um Sting doesn't age and this man's just utterly ridiculous? <laughs> Interestingly enough. We got Jeff Hardy, who's younger than Sting, who we look at, we're like, Jeff, stop what you're doing. You're going to kill yourself. And Sting, anytime he takes a bump, he just, he, he gets it. He knows how to do it and not like kill himself. But the thing of it is that Sting never really, if I'm thinking correctly, he never did the amount of dump, the, the dumps, the amount of bumps that Jeff Hardy has. Like Jeff's been throwing himself off of shit for 30 years. <laughs> I think Sting's only been doing it for the last two. So he's got that extra cushion. But again, Sting is somebody. I don't know. Have we seen Sting and Dustin? Like both men who are in their 50s and 60s. And yes, we talked about how Dustin looked a little slow at the beginning of this, but right. they don't look old. You know how some people, they look old. They, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that they've wrestled one another at WCW. Um, but in AEW, I, I don't know. It's just, they're both faces. It's it's kind of, I don't know. It'd be interesting. That's one I would want to see by the time both of them step away from the ring. I'd, I'd, I'd enjoy it. I, I'd give it another go. But we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. So this, this week's was, again, it was a good episode of Dynamite. Nothing really came out of the, and they may have had a promo about Jay Lethal, Samoa Joe. I think they did. 
I think so. really- yeah, yeah, it was just a vignette, no, not a vignette, just a, yeah, just a little video. Um, but I think they might be pushing that away from the television and let that go back to the ROH stuff. Um, yeah. And then the other thing that happened, I don't know if it was here or on Rampage, I'll bring it up now, was the interview with Scorpio Sky mm. with Frankie Kazarian. And he looked at, you know, Scorpio looked at Franklin and he goes, I need this, but I promise you, you will be, you know, the first contender. Yeah. So now we're planting that seed. Yes. I want my SCU. <laughs> so, announced on Dynamite was the opening match of Rampage. Yep. Adam Cole taking on Tomo Hiroishi in an Owen Hart Cup qualifier. Yep. I saw something online, and I've said this for a long time, and I agree with the statement. Dave Meltzer at one point, I think like 10 years ago, said Tomohiro Ishii is the most underrated wrestler in the industry. This man is like a five-time never open weight champion. He's a little older. I think he might be even older than like, you know, like the John Cena's of the world. I think he was like mid-70s born, like mid-40s right now. But he's great. He looks incredible. Uh, the fact that the way he just ate like some radical stuff and he just fire back. It's just, yeah, it was, it was real fun to watch. I'm sad that we didn't get to see either entrances, but that's, that's rampage. That's what they do. They just jump right into matches. So yeah, it's a taping thing. I understand it's yeah. Friday. You get t- an hour, Yeah. but, and this is what's great about this match. Not only does it, Acknowledge, you know, when talking about the forbidden door, yep. but it starts to solidify some of the stuff we just talked about. Yeah, like Jay White came out and assisted Adam Cole for the win. Mm-hmm. Adam Cole's in the tournament. Jay White's involved now. Yep. Now keep in mind here, and we said this. Jay White is the leader of the Bullet Club. Yep. And that means at some point or another, we will be seeing other members come over. Now keep in mind, and I will say this, I will say he he also made the comment about headlining Madison Square Garden. Yes. And he was the reason why they did so well. We've seen members of Chaos come in to AEW. But again, we haven't seen the leader of Chaos. Right. That being I was gonna say, isn't Ishii part of Chaos? Because they mentioned Ishii. it on the show because Orange Cassidy. Yes, is Ishii there. is part of Chaos. Because Orange Cassidy was down there with him. So I was just like, oh, oh okay. So they, they are dropping, you know, chaos here. And I think uh, uh, Excalibur even mentioned it on air too. So, yep. So Chuck Taylor, Hiroki Goto, Okada, Chris Statlander, Mikey Nichols, Orange Cassidy, Robbie Eagles, Rocky Romero, Sue, Tomohiro Ishii, Trent Beretta, Toriyano, Wheeler Yudo, Yo, and Yoshihashi. Which is interesting because Wheeler Yuta left. Right. The best friends now with the Blackpool. So I wonder how that's going to play out. Hmm. Imagine Black, you know, imagine them going over to New Japan. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if we don't have a six man tag at Forbidden Door with the Blackpool, oh man, taking on somebody, some group, some trio from New Japan. Oh, very upset. I'm very upset. <laughs> 
Ooh, now you got we I'm, I can't do this again. I can't do this again, Scott. <laughs> Speaking of which, I want to talk about I sent you a video this week quickly. We talk about, you know, before we get away from the New Japan stuff, I sent you a video of what was Minoru Suzuki in a cage over in New Japan. Yeah. And some people were like, what are they supposed to be? DD Pro, this isn't funny, this and that. But when you read the caption, all you had to see was the name Toriyanu. And again, everyone who saw Toriyanu was like, yep, that's all I needed to know. Yep. You know, probably the resident comedy wrestler of New Japan, but he's brilliant and he does his job well. Yep. And I always look forward to him. But I just figured that I had to share that with you this week. Where I was just like, look at Minoru Suzuki in a cage. This looks kind of ridiculous. But when you see Toriyano's involved, you don't need context. No, no, no. So following that, we had Lance Archer take on Sir Prentico in a quick, like, what was that, a minute? Barely. Squash match. Yeah. <laughs> I think I tweeted it. No, you were tweet. I was watching it. I looked at my phone. I looked up. I heard ding, ding, ding. And that was it. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> oh, okay. But it's Lance. Again, he's another guy. I think he gets underutilized. I know they got a big roster, but like, yep. he's just always been a fan favorite. Yep. Uh, following that, we had Eddie Kingston taking on Daniel Garcia. Oof. Finally getting the win over Garcia. Yes. Um, what a great, the, the ending of his promo prior to this match, Daniel Garcia, where he goes, I'm a sports entertainer. I know what to do. Incredible. I just, I think Jungle Boy with Christian, Wheelie Yuta with Danielson. With the black, I mean, pretty much you know all WWE guys. Dana Garcia with Jericho, mm-hmm. Ricky and Hobbs with Taz. Not that Ricky really needed it. You know, you're getting to put these guys with people who have eaten at the table per se. Yeah. yeah. And I think it benefits like Daniel Garcia. Again, I will always go back to Kevin Owens, where right? I liked Kevin Owens. He was good on the mic, but like for some reason, him working with Jericho going into Mania 33, it just elevated him to a status where he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So I think this is, you know, Daniel Garcia <clears throat> is better because of it. We're getting to see a lot of Eddie Kingston and Eddie Kingston, he's starting to, you know, he, he's never been bad. Right. Uh, I'm curious I, to see where this goes now. I think we might see Jericho and Eddie Kingston at double or nothing too. Mm. Will this be their second bout? No, I think Jericho will find a way to have Kingston have to go through the entire society before he gets to him. Yeah, but this would be their second match because their first was at Revolution. True. But he's he's still looking for more beaten. <laughs> at least that's what Eddie's saying. So I it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe there'd be I'm sure they'll probably put some stipulations on it as well because it's a sports entertainment match. <laughs> they gotta do something special. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh, a month away, Scott. I know. Um, we had some interviews. Um, obviously we had you know the JAS interview. Um we had Tony Schiavone interviewing uh, Jamie Hader, Tony Storm, and Dr. Britt Baker. Um, then Keith Lee and Swerve. I like how these two have gotten paired up. Yes. 
these two need, oh man, imagine if we get, this is the reformation, unofficial reformation of like hit row almost. Mm. Mm. It's true. You know, you get Keith Lee now involved in Swerve. And again, both great on the mic, both great in the ring. I mean, there's a tag team right there. There's a tag team champion, right? Like those two. And then the the eventual turn and a feud between those two. You mean the swerve? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Not enough of those two. It was, again, this was a short short rampage, as always. Good rampage. Uh, The main event, Jade Cargill taking on Marina Shafir. This was not, I did not expect this. I was actually expecting Marina to take the belt off of Jade. Really? Okay. Yes. Um, I mean, this was easily Jade's best match of her career. Easily. Mm-hmm. Easily. Um, I like what they're doing with the baddie section. Um, I still need to understand why Red Velvet and Kira Hogan are her BFFs now. Because um, last year, blood feud between Jade and and and... Red Velvet, I think this is one of the rare instances where AEW has not explained why this has happened. So I'd like some clarity on it. Whether we get it or not, I don't know. Normally they've been really good about it. But if this is just, uh, well, now we're best friends. Okay, cool, I guess. But I'd like some context as to why. Is this a you can't beat them, join them type of situation? Or is there something financial going on or i don't know you know what (laughs) something tells me at least red velvet something tells me red velvet she's definitely i think she's playing dirty to get to jade okay red velvet red velvet now i think about it red velvet may be the reason jade loses that title and who red velvet Red Red Velvet is like to me is the she's always been like on the cusp of like up there. Like I always look like every time Red Velvet comes out, she gets a mad response. Yeah. Everyone, you know, it's just everyone's super excited when she comes out. She gets utilized just enough. But you want more and you like. And she's doing a phenomenal job as a heel right now. And it's just like, what can't this girl do? Like, yeah. Yeah, and I think more so with the TBS title, because the TNT title has been getting thrown around a lot. The TBS title, and only Jade's had it, and even the woman's title, it really feels like, and I will compare it, the Intercontinental title back in the day, yeah, back when it was utilized and, you know, there was the working person's champion and they were the mm-hmm. next in line to challenge for the big, for the heavyweight title or, in this case, the women's title. I, I, I firmly believe if they're going to actually do it like that, then Jade is the perfect opponent for whoever's the champion down the road once Jade loses this title. Agree. I'm, I'm going to call it Red Velvet whether she loses it at double or nothing or maybe down the road on TV. I think 
I don't know if they'll inflate numbers like they did with Goldberg, but I think with Jade, she'll lose it when she's 49 and 0. Whoever her 50th opponent will be, I think that'll be the one. So I think Jade holds it for a little longer. Maybe to the next pay-per-view. Or, no, probably not. I would say maybe the Forbidden Door, but I don't think they're going to have any any Joshi wrestlers coming over. Not yet. Not yet. I'll not yet. Make stardom and AEW happen, guys. Right. Um. Great, great week of wrestling. We're going into another week. It's not stagnant, but we're going into the spring. We got less than a month, folks. Double or nothing. The hill, the climb begins. The climb begins. Scott and I are going to be there every step of the way. We're going to be in Vegas. We're so excited. It's the vacation that you and I both need. Right? But guys, thank you so much for listening. If you don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring. You can find Ship It Studios, our partnership on all social media platforms. We are on all social media platforms. We are on all streaming platforms. If there's one that you cannot find us on, please let us know. We will put ourselves on there. On your mobile device, I said mobile again. Please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Tell people why Above the Ring, Ship It Studios, the podcast that you're choosing, why they should listen to us as well. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.